Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. And now you're gonna believe us, and now you're gonna believe us, and now you're gonna believe us. We could. We might. I'm not going to say it for definite, but we might. It's funny, isn't it? Like, Tottenham keep having these tests, right? They're apparently tests until they're tests that we pass, and then they're apparently not tests anymore. It'd just be nice to know when they constitute a test and when it's an easy game and when it's not. Do you know what I mean? Does, does this make any sense to anybody? Um... Because that, again, you know, it's one of these games that we're apparently told that, you know, Tottenham don't win these type of games, even though we, I mean, we always beat Palace. We won this one 3-0 last year, even when we were terrible. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'm interested to know if our form now, if it counts or not, if we've still not had any tests. Um, I don't know why I keep saying tests and talking about tests, but here we are. We've done it. We are victorious. Five points clear. Five points clear at the top of the table, folks. I mean, it's a nice, nice feeling to be going into. I was a bit, I was a bit kind of grumpy. I'm not going to lie about a Friday night game, a Monday game to a Friday game. I've got another Monday game after this as well against Chelsea. But it's actually quite a nice feeling, isn't it? Going into, going into the weekend, five points clear, knowing that nobody can overtake us yet. Ange Postacoglu's unbeaten Tottenham Hotspur. And it should have been 2-0. It should have been a clean sheet. How Ayu has been able to control a football with his arm and for it to still count. I, don't, I really am, you know, losing track of how the penalty rule, or not penalty, but the handball rule works anymore in football. Because... As far as I was aware, something like that, whether or not it's, you know, there's this whole rule that, oh, well, it's it's come off his chest first. Yeah, but then he's controlled the ball with his hand. He's literally palmed the ball down to his feet and then twatted it into the back of the net. How, how what more clarity does there need to be? Why they needed to show that back 14, 15 different angles, however many different times from each angle. He controlled the ball with his arm. And then he knocked it into the back of the goal. But, you know, hey-ho, who, who, you know, who cares? I don't care. Because we've won. We've won. We've beaten him again. Um, and we've, you know, our form continues. Our form continues. Quarter of the way through the season now. Ten games gone. Top of the table. Five points clear. It's good, you know. Tottenham Hotspur are looking good. And... Our failure from this point is maybe finishing the Champions League places. But we don't need to start talking about failure. We don't need to start talking about what we may or may not do from this point. As Romero has said, Romero said before going into this game, you know, it's it's nice. It's nice to think that we can be a group of Tottenham players that aren't just maybe going to be Tottenham players. He said something like, what was it? He said something like, lots of... T- Players have played for this club um, and a lot of them haven't won anything, but we want to change that. We don't just want to go through. We don't just want to be more players who have played for this club and done nothing, right? I don't think he said it in exactly those terms, but it was to that effect. And he said that every single game from this point um, is that, you know, every single point is a cup final. Every single game is a cup final, right? That that was that was Romero's point. We don't take any games for granted. We're not looking ahead to win the title is a big aspiration, but every single game is a cup final. Um, and you know, today I think my immediate thoughts on that were: Spurs were not at their best. Spurs were not at their best. Um, we weren't at our best in the second half against Fulham, and we definitely weren't at our best for large portions of today. But once again, we got the result. And we've always been told when it's not about Spurs, when it's anybody else, 
and it's this is for years. This is for as long as I've watched the Premier League, right? Well, however long, like however long I can remember the Premier League, twenty five years, probably more. You know, whatever. Watching it, whenever there's somebody at the top of the table or around about the top of the table, the conversation has always been, it doesn't really matter about the manner of performances. If anything, if they're not playing well and still picking up results, that's the mark of a good team. And that's what we've done again today. Palace is worth remembering without their two best players, undoubtedly their two best players in Eze and Elise. Um, But... Still, going away to Selhurst Park, Roy Hodgson's got them well drilled. They played very well today. They shut Madison out for large parts of the game. They capitalised on the fact that we didn't have a doggy that could put additional pressure on them. They set up well. They played well. They were dogged. They always seem to be quite dogged against us. But at the end of the day, you know, we got it over the line. We got it over the line. That's another three points. Put it to bed now. That's it. It's done. It's it's It's, it's gone. It's gone. Game's gone. Um, but we have. We've we've won three points. Five points clear at the top of the table. Arsenal got Sheffield United tomorrow, so I'd imagine that the deficit will come back down to two points. They're still unbeaten as well. Um, they are quietly having a good season, must be said. If anything, they probably, if you know, if you were Arsenal right now, you'd be thinking, this is fine. Let Tottenham have all the pressure. Let Tottenham kind of draw all the conversation, all the eyes on them. Nobody's really talking about Arsenal this year. Nobody's really talking about what they can or can't do. Um, There's a bit of chat about that at the moment, but obviously Spurs is kind of dominating a lot of the chat. And also a resurgent Liverpool as well. People seem to be talking about them. Arsenal are seemingly flying under the radar, which is a bit annoying, but I'm not here to talk about Arsenal. I'm here to continue talking about Tottenham Hotspur. Um, and it's just, it's exciting, isn't it? It's nice. It's nice to keep getting these wins by hook or by crook. Keeping our grasp at the top of the table. Um, keeping that goal difference good. Again, like I say, still should be a clean sheet again today. I don't agree with the goal. Should have been disallowed. Um, but there we go. We still won the game. It was nervy towards the end. We did make we did make a meal of it towards the end. Gave away a lot of set pieces. Um, I think a team with somebody who you know had a decent finisher. If Palace had somebody like Ivan Tony, for example, today might have been a bit more dodgy for us. But they didn't, and we did our we did our job. We fulfilled our end of the bargain. We won the game. We got our three points. We can leave. Another away game as well. Another away game. Talking about this test, Tottenham have not really played anybody, blah, blah, blah. Again, another away game. So many away games so far this season. Um, And obviously that will level out. I do understand how it works. We will, down the line, get more home games at some point. And that's something to look forward to, right? That's, that's, That's nice. But... It's just it's good that we've managed to come through October winning all of these games. I mean, I know there's only been three games, but it was three. Let's be honest, with all due respect, three very winnable games and we've done it. You know, we've won all the games. We've got our nine points out of October that we said we needed to. And that's it. It's job done. It's job done. Going on to, um, I think November's a bit dodgy and December's definitely quite whiffy. December is quite a rough run of fixtures. Um, and then it all eases off a bit again until I think it's April, isn't it? Is it April time when it's horrible? And that's when, you know, you can imagine if we're still in the race, that's when things will be decided. Um, but for now, defer back to Christian Romero. Every single game is a cup final. Let's take it game by game, not look too far ahead. Um, it's, you know, it's it's enjoy it's it's just nice, isn't it? It's nice to keep winning games. Football is so much more fun when you're winning games. Sounds stupid to say, but it just is. You know, and it's so easy to overlook that. These past few years trying to find bits of joy in like, oh well, you know, we played quite well in that game for twenty minutes, whatever, in the sort of Conte or Mourinho eras. Now it's like, yes, we're coming into games confident. We're coming into the games and just 
having teams, right, we didn't have Palace today. If we're using have in the kind of, we came and showed them who's boss like we did with somebody like Burnley, for example. We didn't do that to Palace today. But, you know, we still put on a good show um, and done our, done done what we can. Um, again, like I say, I do stream these on YouTube now for anybody listening to the podcast. Um, so sometimes I will be responding to people's comments. And I've got a comment from somebody called Hacker that said, enjoyed that, but it was painful. It was quite painful. Yes, I do agree, especially towards the end. Um, first half was a bit disjointed. Towards the end, uh, Palace were putting on a lot of pressure. Those set pieces we kept conceding. Like I say, had they got somebody like Tony in there, we'd have probably been in trouble. But, you know, I'm not I'm not that bothered. We won. We won, didn't we? So, you know, let's have it. Um, look, I mean, there's there's a long, long, long way to go this season. There's a long way to go. And we are going to get all excited. We are going to keep saying... Can we? Will we? Could we? Um, but let's just let's not invite that invite that agitation into our lives, right? Let's just continue to take each game as it comes and just enjoy watching Tottenham Hotspur because that is that's the important thing right now. The important thing is that I enjoy watching this team again. I enjoy the build-up to games. I enjoy watching Match of the Day. I enjoy the talk around Tottenham. I enjoy hearing what other people have to say about Tottenham. Um, I'm intrigued to know what opposition fans make of us. If it is just us getting carried away, or if other people are looking at Spurs now and thinking... They're decent. Um, I've seen a fair bit. Yeah, all right. I know we sort of talk about like yeah, loads of Liverpool fans are salty out the back of that game. In, to be, in fairness, out of all the fan bases, I've actually seen quite a few Liverpool fans. Just, you know, when you just go down random like rabbit holes on Twitter and stuff, I've seen a fair few Liverpool fans saying we're all right. Um, seen actually a few, fair few Chelsea fans bemoaning the fact we're all right. West Ham fans as well. My boss at work is a West Ham fan and he's getting quite worried by how decent we are. Um, so that's quite interesting. I do think a lot of people have picked up on the fact that we don't have much squad depth. I think that's something we all feel. And we definitely saw that today. The drop-off from a doggy to Ben Davis is massive. Um, and I think, I think it... Uh, makes more of a, let's say, a mountain out of the... I would say the molehill is Ben Davis had a pretty average game. The mountain made out of that is Ben Davis had a terrible game because in, you know, juxtaposed with Destiny of Doggy's performance levels, ability, it is such a, it is such a drop-off, right? It's such a drop-off. Um, and we definitely feel that. We've definitely felt that today. Um, I think we've definitely felt Basuma probably being a bit cautious, knowing he's on that yellow card, not wanting to miss the Chelsea game. Uh, but we've still come through it, haven't we? We've still come through it. We've still won the game. And like I say, let's just put it to bed, isn't it? Let's just put it to bed. Um, somebody, Floaty08, if that's, uh, I think that's one of my pals as well. Hello, Floaty. Um, you know Spurs are getting exciting when I can't even wait the hour for the pod now. Um, it's just because you want to see my face in it, mate. That's all it is. I know that. It's not about waiting or not. Um, but yeah, I do put these out. Rule the Roost podcasts. Um, have a listen. Leave ratings. Leave reviews. The like. Um, but why not? You know, if you're watching it here, you know, uh, uh, here we go. Um, let's have a look at the lineups. Let's do the players. Let's do the players. It is Friday night. I don't expect many people to be tuning in tonight. But I am still recording. Um on a Friday night and you have to understand really that uh, I want to go and watch a film or something not in the cinema but do you know what I mean you want to chill out a bit on a Friday night don't you I don't want to be sat here podcasting and all that um, so yeah here we go 
We love our pets, but when the floor is covered in fur, that's harder to love. Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has powerful 8,000 PA suction to make hair vanish from floors in just one pass. Plus, the roller brush has automatic detangling for easy hands-free maintenance. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Here's the players. Vicario, um, couple of worldy saves right at the start of the, uh, uh, you know, start of the game. Um, I mean, he's a wonderful, wonderful goalkeeper. Absolute talent. I don't think there's much more I can say about him than what I already have done um, in the past few sort of episodes. He's he is a wonderful talent. He's a brilliant player. Um, could could uh, he have done a little bit better for Are You Shot? Maybe, but maybe that's just because he set his own bar so high. Are You Shot was decent. It was very good. Um, so that may be a bit harsh from me. I say that. Um, he's just kind of looking for flaws in something that is pretty much perfect, isn't it? He loves Tottenham. His quotes this week were absolutely beautiful to hear how excited he was as soon as he knew Tottenham were interested. We've heard the uh, the news that Tottenham were apparently after two players and we decided with one of them we'd get him because one of them looked like he just wanted to leave his club where the other really wanted to come to Tottenham. I think like the world's worst detective would even guess that's probably David Raya and Giuliano Vicario that was being spoken about. I think it was Ange that was talking about that in particular. Um, I mean, Vicario is, I just think he's brilliant. I think he's absolutely got the lot. We've, I don't think, I don't want to say we've lucked out. I don't think that's fair because he is this data-led acquisition and not just data-led, there's this personality-led acquisition. Another revolution this this week is that Ange Postacoglu speaks to every single player that's going to be signing for the first team. He wants to get a measure of them. He wants to think, he wants to know if they're the right type of personality to fit into his system, to fit what he wants to do. Um, and I was saying this on the Patreon pod, patreon.com slash rtrpod. Um, in the preview pod that's much like this, but I record it before the games. I was saying that this this week I've been watching the Beckham documentary on Netflix. And obviously, uh, when Man United were flying under Alex Ferguson, and even when Beckham was kind of first announcing himself coming through with that Wimbledon goal, um, all that type of thing, I was still probably a little young to f- get the full nuance of it right like like you sort of do when you get a bit older and you've watched enough football and you kind of get the narratives you get the kind of the i don't know just the 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 rhythm of teams the the organic growth of them like to me man united were just a good team and so it stood to reason that they would be great what was kind of lost on me is the fact that they'd been crap, really, not for quite a long time. They were sort of team a bit like Spurs, good in the 60s and then sort of fell off a bit. Alex Ferguson was the one that was getting this proud old institution like a, you know, a phoenix from the flames um, back to their rightful place. And he did that by building this core of players that were all wired a similar way. Um, I think there's a bit where we're talking about where Gary Neville's talking about this in the Beckham documentary, where he's basically saying that Alex Ferguson, like the whole team, the class of '92, and some of the other players around that, they were all a load of Alex Fergusons. They all felt and kind of acted and had the same type of outlook on football as him, other than David Beckham. David Beckham was kind of the black sheep there, right? And that's why they fell out. David Beckham wasn't just interested in his football. David Beckham was interested in being a celebrity and everything like that. The excellence of David Beckham, just to go on about this a little bit more, was that he could switch into elite footballer mode when it came match day. And, you know, Neville and I think Ferdinand and that were just 
just saying how brilliant he was for that reason. But to 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 bring the parallel back to Ange Postacoglu, it feels like Postacoglu does just have this straightforward approach to what he's doing at Tottenham. Um, and I know I'm supposed to be talking about Vicario here, but I, I, it has provided the springboard here that we'd sign this goalkeeper who a few people who watch Serie A, um, maybe a lot of people who watch Serie A said he was a very good goalkeeper. But really, let's be honest, the majority of people who spend the majority of their time watching the Premier League hadn't really ever heard of Vicario. Maybe some people that play Championship Manager or Football Manager it is now, isn't it? Football Manager might have heard of him. I don't know how good or not he was in that. Um, it's just it's generally a way for people to sort of find out more about other leagues and other players and talents, right? But the fact we've managed to bring in this guy that not a lot of people knew about and for him to slot in as well as he has done, to look as exceptional as he has done, and then to hear that Ange Postacoglu is pretty meticulous in speaking to these players, ascertaining what type of people they are, what type of personalities they are, the fact that um, on the View from the Lane podcast this week, they had Lily White Rose on. Um, give, give him a follow on Twitter. He's very interested in the in the youth team. He covers them a lot. Um, tweets about them. It, you know, he's a pretty very good go to resource for anything youth team related. Was talking about the fact that the youth teams now are playing in a similar fashion to the first team. The fact that we do seem to be having more of this. Ajax Barcelona style approach to the football club and the way it operates in general that we're building players that can be plugged into the first team that we're no longer kind of you know operating in silo anymore that everything is in one big um what is it called is it symbiosis I think it's symbiosis isn't it when things work together um and it just makes sense, doesn't it? Again, another straightforward approach. A straightforward approach from Postacoglu. Hire blokes that I can work with, that I can talk to, that share the same kind of passion for football as I do, that want to win, that aren't kind of overawed by the occasion. Um, it's it's exciting. And, it, you know, we, we give Ange a lot of credit. And again, I, I do want to stress this point. It's not to take anything away from Ange. But part of the reason why we are so much better this year is because we've got some exceptional players. Players like Van der Ven. Um, I will be talking about him in a minute. Players like, you know, Destiny Adoggi, not playing today. Vicario. Got Madison in there. We've got some really, really elite ballers in there now. I, yeah, I said ballers. That's it. I'm down with the kids. Down with the kids. Um that just has made such a difference to the way we play. And yes, I know they are being galvanised by Ange Postacoglu. So, I, I mean, I don't really think I need to position this, like, as in, I'm not saying anything bad about Ange, but we've got loads of good players. You just know what it's like, though. You know when you're talking about football. You know when anything's going on the internet, when you share any opinion about anything, somebody is going to... What is it? There's that meme, isn't there, like, where Twitter's the only place where you can say... I love toast and somebody will say, why do you hate muffins? You know, it's that, it is that type of thing. Um, so that's kind of the point. Um, Pedro Porro, I thought was picked up a lot of slack today for Destiny or Doggy not being there. Pedro Porro, I thought was exceptional. I think he has been exceptional for the past few games now. I have my doubts at the start of the season that whether or not he was the right man for this system, whether he was the right man for this team, whether we were right to spend 50-odd million, whatever it was on him. Um, and I'm very happy to be proven wrong week after week by Pedro Porro because what an absolute, you know, bargain he's looking to be. Um <sighs> It sounds mental to say, doesn't it? Like 50 mil in today's market. Well, it's a bargain. But, you know, I think... Okay, maybe bargain's pushing it. He's starting to look like good value for money. Should we put it that way? Good value for money. Let's say it that way. Um, I, I really like him. Um, yeah, as Hacker has said, replied, ballers in the stream. I do like that. Um, and yes, he has also said, Porro a bit at fault for the IU goal. Yes. Yes, but... Uh, you know, was he at fault or is he just kind of short? The ball just went over his head, you know? He's not, really, you're not expecting Pedro Porro to be that dominating in the air. That's kind of the trade-off, right? He's a diminutive, attacking player, 
good with the ball at his feet, very quick, very rapid, um, has a great pass on him, can read play very well. You know, I guess the trade-off is he's not a centre-back. Um, so that sort of thing happens. I kind of, I think it's maybe a little harsh. And I still throw back to, are you controlled the ball with his arm? He controlled the ball with his arm. It's not a penalty. It's not, it's not a penalty. I mean, it's it's not a goal. It's a handball. I don't, I just don't, I don't, ah! I'm going to say it again. I don't know how that has been given. I don't, like, if, even if it's come off his chest, he's batted the ball into into his path. He's controlled it with his hand, with his arm, whatever. 2-1. Um, Pedro Porra, but I did think it was a good game. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go in too hard for him for, for missing the header. You know, I think he's just, he was covering a lot for Davis. I mean, he was playing over down at the left a lot of the a lot of that first half, filling in. Um, he's yeah, I mean, he's a real athlete, isn't he? As well, on top of everything else, he's a real athlete. Um, yeah, I, I, he's really grown on me a lot. Christian Romero, uh, good performance day. I I don't I can't. I mean, I know this doesn't help. I know this is one of those things where we we all have these, right? You all have these, whether it's in an argument with somebody or whether it's just like this when you're talking about football, where you're like, I want to say Romero fucked up at one point today, but I can't tell you exactly when or where or how really. But I just kind of mentally remember making a note of like, "Mm, that was a little bit rash from him today. Um, Whether he rushed out and kind of missed a tackle or something like that. Um, I kind of have a feeling he did that. But still, for the most part, he was flawless again, um, as he has been for most of this season. He's so solid. Another game without a yellow card for him, which seemed almost like inconceivable last year that Christian Romero would get through any games without a yellow card. Um, He's, yeah, I mean, he's one of the leaders, isn't he, in this team. And he's, you know, he's having an amazing season. He's having an amazing season and long may it continue. I think one of the things I like is just how like collected, cool, calm and collected he is on the ball. Like he, 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 We need players like that to be playing this way, to be playing this system, to be playing this style. What Ange Postacoglu wants them to do to be able to knock it around the back, which was winding up Palace a lot. A lot of booing. You could tell their players were getting frustrated. Impress. That's what we want you to do. We want you to stop sitting back like you're doing and come out, come towards us so we can, you know, carve through you like we did for for the first, uh, no, for the second goal, sorry. For the second goal. I don't, like, I don't know why it's kind of seen as like unsporting for Tottenham to try and draw Crystal Palace into playing football when for the most part they were just sitting back. And they did it well, you know. I'm not particularly criticising them for it, but the point is it, Stands to reason that Tottenham would do that. If Palace are showing no urgency in the press, we're not going to commit players into a congested area where we're not going to be able to have any kind of capital there, right? So with that, of course, we're going to knock it around the back and try and draw them out. And like I say, they can boo all they want about that, but it just makes sense to do that. Um, straightforward football. Again, from Anne, straightforward football. And to go back to Romero, in order to do that, we need a goalkeeper who can play the ball around comfortably. Hugo Lloris could never do that. Hugo Lloris could do a lot of good things, could do a lot of things very, very well. Um, And some of the things he didn't do very well, one of those massively being, in fact, he couldn't knock the ball around with his feet. I mean, it was bizarre. Made you wonder what he was doing in training for the past decade. But, you know, there we go. Um, But Christian Romero, you know, uh, ever a stalwart in this team now and he's just yeah brilliant Mickey van der Ven I mean Mickey I'm saying up front Mickey van der Ven was my man of the match for Spurs um I know Madders has probably made two of those goals but like Mickey is he's something else he is like and it's nice to be able to say this of a Tottenham player Harry Kane was this to be fair in many respects um, tapping merchant penalties. Do you know what I mean? Cheat code is the, the term I was going to say. But Mickey van der Ven really feels like a cheat code. Anybody, and I haven't played it for a few years, but I'm sure the basic kind of, you know, principle still remains. When you're playing FIFA, right, or EAFC as you call it now, but no one's called it FIFA, in it? 
playing EFC, when you, whenever you play Ultimate Team, the most expensive defenders would always be defenders with a bit of pace. Always. And it feels like Mickey van der Ven is like the living embodiment of that. He is the living embodiment of that cheat, boring kind of team that you would see somebody compile on FIFA Ultimate Team where they wouldn't get like they wouldn't get like the best kind of defenders. I, w- I would always remember, you know, you wouldn't get somebody that would bring in, I don't know, Van Dyke, for example, because he's not the fastest. It would always be some team that would have some random kind of defender that was rated like 82, but he would have pace 96. And it would be so annoying to try and score against teams that would like create these kind of these squads right that would have players like that in there but it feels like we've kind of done that with van der ven because he's just so fast i mean he's got so many other attributes as well but just in terms of his physicality in terms of what he brings to the game physically what he brings to the team it's mad it's mad seeing opposition teams trying to break trying to cut through us and just have him be able to just sprint back and just rob the ball off of them. Not even having to go to ground half the time. Like, he goes to ground like he so seldom does. He just manages to get back and just nab the ball off of them. And it seems like it's just easy work for him. He's an absolute phenomenon. Like, the the lad is absolutely unbelievable. And as Floaty said to me here, like, he was he was absolutely livid when we conceded. Um, that's what you want, right? That's what you want from each fan. You don't just want the kind of, and I don't want to dig him out, but we've seen it the past few years with Dyer and Sanchez, that kind of solemn head drops, shrug. Oh, okay, well, they've scored again. That's what's going to happen. No, we've got players like Van der Ven, like Romero, like Vicario, who was like bawling at, I think, Pedro Porres, shouting and screaming at him um, when we conceded that goal. That's what we want. We want that unit that's like that. But Mickey van der Ven, like I say, my man in the match today for Tottenham, I I mean, what a player. Um, when he went down early on in the game, again, you wince, don't you, though? You wince. He got, um, who is it? That the What's his name? Will Hughes, who like raked him down the back of his Achilles. And he immediately said, sorry, so, well, you know, I won't be too cynical about it. At the time, I was like, fucking little prick and stuff when I was watching it. But, um, and he sort of saw the replays. He said sorry immediately. So maybe he did do it by accident. Um, and that point, like Van der Ven was down for a bit. Although, no, no, it wasn't that one, was it? Who did he clash with? Was it Edouard or something like that? And he, he caught one on the knee and he went down at a bit of a dodgy angle. That's when he was down for a bit longer, wasn't it? And you suddenly, you start to, what is it? It's like... Um, it's like squeaky bum time, isn't it? When Whenever you see Van der Ven or somebody like Van der Ven, a doggy, Madison, down on the pitch for an extended period of time, you get a bit worried, don't you? Um, it's uh, it's not good, but I, I think he's I think he's double hard as well. The flying Dutchman. Um, love him. We got, a, I mean, I know he's got the, the Rafa van der Vaart chant, but maybe he needs a chant. I think Bentancur needs a chance. That's one thing I was thinking when he was coming on. It felt like people just wanted to. I think. I think some of. The, I think the away fans were singing something about Rodrigo or something. Maybe there is a chance that I'm missing out on. Um, but something more iconic. Um, ben Davis. I sort of spoken about him at the top. Don't. I don't think we need to go into this one too much. You know, he's filling in for a doggy. Um, I think you know he's generally kind of all right, isn't he? Ben Davis. Not very good today, but I think that's largely because. The drop off is so massive. Like the drop off is so absolutely massive. But oh, hang on, this is a video. It's just dropped. This is all the lads. <laughs> on Spurs official on the Instagram, all the lads. This is what it means. All the lads coming off the pitch, going mad. We got Royale. We got Saar. We got Van der Ven. We got Sonny. Um, I mean, yeah, you know, it's lovely, isn't it? It's lovely. Um, but, but yeah, with Ben Davis, you know, he's not well suited to this team. Uh, it would be nice if we get some more cover in, um, if Ben Davies can go to somebody like Crystal Palace and be one of their best players um, to, to end his career in kind of a nice way in a system that suits him well. I think he's been a very 
dependable club servant, but I guess today showed that he's just not suited to this system. He isn't. Um, and it's not a slight, it's not digging him out. He just doesn't, he doesn't have the physicality for it. He's never been the most tenacious player. Um, when we played more like the five at the back system, the thought of him being able to play, you know, in this kind of ultra defensive Conte type system, playing as a kind of left centre back that can, you know, play in this sort of auxiliary left back role. Fine. That's, that was good for him. And that was, a you know, an all right time, but you know, it's just, it's done now, isn't it? It's done. Um, and we don't need to talk about it much more than that. Pape Matassar, um, I thought was exceptional today. I really thought was exceptional. He's been catching a lot of heat the past few weeks from Spurs fans. I think a lot of it unnecessarily harsh. I still continue to say that. I think a 21-year-old lad who is playing at the heart of a midfield for a team that is top of the Premier League and unbeaten, to be digging him out is ridiculous. But, you know, is what it is. Um, Basuma was not at it today. I'll talk about him more in a bit. I think Pape Matassar picked up a lot of his slack today. I think he covers so much ground. There was a moment after about literally about three minutes when Palace were kind of passing the ball back amongst themselves and Saar was just doggedly chasing it all the way into their box and then managed to nick the ball in the box and cross it in, make an opportunity. And neither of the neither of the sky. I think it was um, Carragher, and I, I, I'm not sure who the who the female commentator was today. Apologies. Um, but neither of them picked up on it. Neither of them picked up on it at all. And it was mad. But I, I think all throughout the game, he was brilliant. He played a big part in the second goal. Um, he didn't stop running. He was playing the ball around really nicely. I think he was making some decent tackles in the midfield. I think he was, as he often does, drops back, helps support the defence, provides an option for them to be able to play the ball out for us to progress the play up into a place, part of the pitch where we're more comfortable, where we can dictate play, where we're not under pressure, where we can start to put pressure on the opposition. Saar is the facilitator of this and I think he's been brilliant. And I think he was brilliant today. And I understand the fact that with Bentancur back, that is the natural replacement. Saar, as I've said previously, I think does have a similar profile to Bentancur. I think he, he, he is. I don't think they're identical, but I think they do similar things. Um, and I think Saar does it very well. Um, so, you know, there are, there is every chance that he may drop out. But... Almost feels harsh. Almost feels harsh at this point because I think he's been brilliant. But he's 21 years old. There's, you know, there's a long road ahead of this lad. Um, and I think he's got a really, really exciting future. I think he's a brilliant player. I, I don't, I, you know, I don't know if I've got the, you know, the they live glasses on when I'm watching him or something that, you know, I feel something that quite a few other people don't feel. But, I see him as a brilliant player and yeah, he makes mistakes every now and again, but he's 21 years old. For the most part, I just think he's net good by such a long way. Um, I love him and I think he was brilliant today. Um, and we hear as well that he's a really good personality around the place, that people love him. Um, I think he, I think he's even been likened to Sonny. Um, so, you know, he's a good lad. Good lad. Um, Eve Basuma obviously missed the game, um, has come back into this after the international break and then missing a game. Bit rusty today. Is carrying those yellow cards. I guess he's probably mindful of that. Wants to be available for the Chelsea game. So I think he was playing a little overly cautiously. He does, I, th I still think he was decent enough. I think he was decent on the ball. Um, I think he carries the ball pretty nicely. I still think his press resistance is pretty decent. He did get caught in possession. Um, I want to say in the, I think it was in the first half, um, but he then still stopped. He stopped Palace breaking away because as he kind of lost the ball, as he was going to ground, he still managed to get a leg out and make a tackle. Um, can't remember who it was on. Um, but I think Eve is, you know, we don't, I don't think we need to worry about it. It's just, he hasn't played for a few weeks and he's looking a bit rusty and looking a bit cautious. But 
Do I want Hoybier to play ahead of him in the Chelsea game? No, I definitely do not. Yves Basuma has been one of the best players in the Premier League this season so far. Um, yep, wasn't his day-to-day. He wasn't that great today, but he's been overall great. He's a fantastic, fantastic footballer. Um, and Saar was there. Saar stepped up and picked up a lot of slack today. So, you know, is what it is. Um, Dejan Kulusevski, a, a funnily, like, I thought a quieter day for him today. He did a lot of running again. Um don't think he's, he's like his end products, especially in the final third. I don't think he was quite as decent today. And I, I don't think that's partly down to, it's not really fully a criticism of him. I think that's partly down to Palace just setting up very well and playing very well. Um, like, I think, uh, who's who's the lad that he was playing against? Mitchell, isn't it? Um, he was, I'm just, I'm just looking at Palace's lineup. Um Mitchell and Gay as well, who are, who are playing for them down that sort of left-hand side, um, are both like fantastic players, actually. Um, Palace really do have a habit of unearthing some gems. Um, and so I don't, I, you know, I'm not really digging Decky out so much. Um, just maybe that, you know, like we've sort of said in previous weeks, can sometimes, sometimes be a little predictable in his play. But, He's getting back to his best, I think. He works hard for the team. I don't think there's any need to criticise um, Dejan Kulisevsky at all. Uh, my only point is that I just think you know he was a little quieter today than he normally is. Um, but that's fine. Like I say, Pal- that's partly down to Palace being as good as they are. Richarlison. Um, <laughs> again, my agenda rolls on. You know, I saw a few people saying they thought he was playing quite well and stuff. I just don't agree. Like, I think, look, the second he came off, Johnson, <laughs> Johnson combined with, you know, Madison, Saar, Sonny to score a wonderful, brilliant goal. That's what Richarlison's supposed to be doing. I, you know, I just, I just don't think it's happening for the lad at the moment. I don't, I don't really want to see him starting games for us. I don't think it's something he can play through at the moment. Um, I would like to see Johnson starting games. I'm not going to lie in that sort of that left-hand side. Um, I'm just, you know, I think his touch is pretty heavy. I think, again, there was a moment in the first half when there's an opportunity for him to get the ball and just play it sensibly. He tries to do a trick. And I understand when those things come off, it's nice and you don't want to completely stamp the flair out of players. I'm not really in that kind of angry dad zone of don't try and do anything fun. Don't try and do anything like flairful. Like football is supposed to be fun. It is supposed to be good. I think Richarlison gets a lot of kind of stick for that, you know, the ball juggling and all that type of thing. Um, and I think, wasn't it, ironically enough, it was Brennan Johnson, wasn't it, that went into him um, <laughs> when he was at Nottingham Forest when Richarlison was doing that ball juggling. But at the moment, I'm just, I, I don't know. I think it just feels like Richarlison's kind of uh, a step behind at, at most points um there was one uh, to give him some credit he had one nice little moment in the first half where he linked up kind of well with madison carved out a half opportunity for himself um and then just sort of dragged his shot wide which is kind of disappointing and it just kind of feels like where he's at at the moment where it look the, the best way i can put it with richarlison and this is generally when you know by now, right, with Spurs, because we've had this for years. We've had this with Janssen, with Soldado, with Ndombele, with plenty of other players down the years. When you're kind of trying to look for things that they're doing well and you really feel like, oh, well, I thought he did this bit well today. You know it's kind of not great, right? As opposed to the fact I can say, Brennan Johnson came on, looked lively, looked like he was running into spaces, looked like he was linking up well with Madison and Son, was, you know, the provider of a goal in the second half. You can say you don't have to, you know, you're not struggling to find or justify a reason why he's on the pitch or feel like you need to battle with other Spurs fans as to why or not he should be playing or whether or not it was a good decision to bring him on. And it feels like we're in that position a little bit with with Richarlison right now, um, where... You know, I just, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not buying it. I, th- I think, you know, I think he's a nice guy. I get it. 
think he's a nice guy. I understand he's spoken very bravely about his personal issues that he's you know he's going through and everything like that. But I'm just I'm simply talking about what he's doing on the football pitch, and I just I just don't think he's I don't think he's good enough. Um, and yeah, I, I would like to see that sort of position be given to Brennan Johnson. But at the end of the day, the person who matters here is Andrew Postacoglu. And if Andrew Postacoglu is seeing something, continuing to pick him, Andrew Postacoglu believes in him, then we have to in turn, right? Because it's the way this works. We can't pluck all the good bits of Andrew Postacoglu and then say, well, actually, Ange, that bit, I don't really agree with you there, mate, um, says me, Mr. Armchair. Um, so it's, you know, is what it is. James Madison. James Madison. Uh, I tweeted in the first half, like, dare I say, this is maybe James Madison's first whiffy game for Tottenham. Um, it felt like like the Palace, the way they set up, they'd really done a number on Madders. Um, and you felt like he was getting really frustrated. Um, it felt like he was overthinking a lot of what he was doing when the ball would drop to him. He was, I think he was too conscious of the fact that these opportunities were at such a premium that he had to make something happen with it. Um, and hence, I think that was, you know, I think what Palace were doing was living rent-free in, in Madders' head. Um, and, you know, he that's, you know, that's that's fine. That's understandable. He's been an exceptional player for us all season. And then in this second half, he stepped up again, didn't he? He stepped up kind of dusted him, dusted off that first half and just played more like the James Madison that we're used to. Um, I think the whole team, to be honest, I think Ange must have given him a rocket up the arse in the, at, at half time because they all came out with a lot more verve, a lot more, uh, I guess, direction to their play. They were playing, the press seemed to be back again in the second half. Um, and I think, in fairness, again, I think Palace were actually trying to play a bit in the second half. And just giving us that inch, just opening up a little bit, we managed to punish them. And that shows you, that shows you how dangerous Tottenham Hotspur are now. Shows you how brilliant we are as a team. That If teams just, if they just kind of unlock the door a little bit, we will take advantage of that. And we did that, you know. Um, so yeah, that second half, you know, as soon as he kind of got a bit more space, as soon as he uh, was allowed a bit more freedom to play in those areas in which he likes to play, Madders started to look a bit more like the old Madders. But, uh, you know, I think in part as well, he probably was just thinking like, come on, come on, snap out of it, get into it. Um, he's, uh, you know, he's he, he was brilliant. And Mickey Bobbins has said, yeah, he was involved in both goals. Yeah, that's the point I was getting to, Mickey, mate. That's what I was getting to. I was saying the first half he wasn't that good. Then second half, he kind of dusted himself off. That's it, you know. Let's talk about this stuff. It's not it's not all a grand conspiracy. It's not all a grand big criticism where I'm saying Madison is awful. Sell him. Get rid of him. It's just a conversation about football. Like everything's a hot take. I'm not doing this just to get people to come and like watch the stream. Look, barely anyone's watching the stream. I get that. This is just a nice little additional extra bit for me to slick this on youtube it's mostly about the podcast isn't it that's where i can put my nice clickbait title and bring people in uh, <laughs> um but james madison is you know he's a great great player and we're very 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 lucky to have him um and i tell you what i've got to say as well what i did love about madders is that second uh right at the very end after he'd come off the cameras kept cutting to him in the tunnel. He was like biting his fingernails. He was like, I think he like punched the roof of the dugout at one point when Palace nearly, uh, they had that moment, didn't they, when the ball was dropping into the box. And I don't know who it was, but they didn't get a decent shot off. And they could have like punished us at that point. Um, so everything was really on a knife edge. That was like the 101st minute or something like that. He loves it. He loves Tottenham. He loves being like our main man. What is it? The big man at the Carvery and all <laughs> the first man at the Carvery, all that sort of shit. Whatever he says. Um, he likes it. Charlotte as well has actually made the very good point. Um that like one of the things that like is so good about Postacoglu, not about um Madison directly, but one of the good things about Postacoglu is that he isn't afraid to be proactive. He isn't afraid to and this is even, do you know what, this, I loved him at the time, but one of the main things about, um, like with even Pochettino, 
and then it went on to Mourinho and it went on to Conte was the lack of subs, the stubbornness with the plan that they set out to do. No, my plan will come good. I won't even question my own plan by making a substitution. He tried Ben Davis in the first half, didn't work, took him off at half time because he realised it wasn't working. Again, just throwing back to this straightforward, pragmatic management. You know, I, I, I do want to keep making those parallels. Watch the David Beckham thing. Watch the David Beckham thing on Netflix, right? And be- when, especially for younger viewers, right? Especially for anyone younger. Because like I say, even I'm, even I was too young to remember Man United being crap before Ferguson. I probably like, I would say my first like strong memories of the Premier League. And I'm talking like real sort of strong when it was all kind of coming good. It's probably... 97, 98, I would say, 98, 99, maybe more when, I, when I'm when i really kind of invested and I'm really kind of starting to get the whole organism, the whole way in which it works. Um, but just watch that. Watch the way they spoke about Ferguson. Watch the way in which they said he addressed his players, the mentality, the way in which he drilled the players, the way in which he spoke all this type of stuff, right? And like, Ange isn't exactly like Ferguson. Ferguson was a lot more prickly, especially towards the end. Ferguson kind of knew the gravitas he had. He knew the strength he had over the footballing establishment, not to sound too tinfoil hat, but the way in which he could, you know, intimidate officials, the way in which he could even intimidate the press. Um, and you see that in this Beckham thing, like after the fallout of the 98 World Cup and all that type of stuff. But I'm talking more like when you're talking about a man a manager as well who is trying to mould young players and existing kind of uh, senior players into his vision, the way in which he wants to do it, the way in which there's this core focus on the kind of hive mentality and seems to be doing that. And it's very exciting. Um, And I just think that, yeah, I I don't know. I I say it again, but we've gone through so many different cycles of Tottenham, right? Where I think you can be qualified in saying there is something different about this. This feels very different and it's very exciting. Um, Hummin Son, great finish today. Great goal, better in the second half. Didn't really get any service at all in the first half. Um, I, like, I wasn't even taking the piss when I said to to sort of Charlotte in, the, in partway for the second half, when he picked up the ball, he picked up the ball sort of sh- shortly before we scored our first goal. I was like, I didn't even realise he was playing. Like, I, for- I forgot, I actually forgot he was playing because um, he, he just seemed so quiet. He seemed like a bit of a passenger for big parts of the game. Um, but then again, second half, he really came into it. Um, the finish again, brilliant. You know, Sonny this year, his finishing in the box has been amazing. Um, I'm st- I'm coming around to the idea that a lot of people are that let's just play Son as a number nine. We don't need to get any, you know, some talk about Ivan Tony in January. I don't think that's the one, man. I don't think that's it. Um, you know, some exciting talk today about Chiesa um, from Juventus. I mean, that would be lovely. Somebody that is, you know, similar to him in Son that can play in that sort of left forward role and play through the middle as well can do a bit of both I think in this system we play him on the left though right um bit injury prone but still an exceptional footballer um left winger um Daniel Mortimer saying a creative midfielder and a left winger would be you know um okay emoji um the one that also means white power I think some people say don't they because it's yeah I don't know dodgy um but I don't, I, I don't, Daniel Mortimer wasn't saying it in this respect. He was saying it would be good. It'd be great. Um, create a midfielder. It would be interesting. I don't know. I mean, I think I, 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 the one thing I would say, um, Daniel, is that like, is <sighs> defender maybe? I mean, Ashley Phillips remains to be seen how good or not he is. Apparently he is very good. Um, but when, like I said, when Van der Ven went down or if Romero went down, who's coming in there, you know, Eric Dyer. Don't know about that. Um, so, I mean, I think for me at the moment it is, it's, you know, it is going to be a left winger. I'll be interested to see kind of what Hill can do. I was glad to see him come on today. I'll be interested to see what he can do under Ange Postacoglu. Um, I'm, I am interested to see still, even though I have kind of written him off a bit, um, I have sort of slandered him a lot in the past. I am interested to see. I'm just intrigued. I can't get over it. 
that uh, what La Celso can do under Andrew Postacoglu as well. Um, if we're talking about subs, Hoybier, I think, came on and did a good job again. Um, yeah, Basuma was struggling today. Hoybier, that felt like a good switch. Felt like the right switch. Um, Hoybier, I mean, to be honest, Hoybier playing at his best is, you know, marginally better than Basuma at his kind of pretty mid level that he was at today. Um, but that's okay. You know, it's a squad. I really do. I will say again, I really do hope that Hoybier is happy to stay um, and be a part of this squad in the way that he has been so far. Um, I think he probably will be clamouring for more first team football and that's understandable. Emerson Royale. Yep, it was the right change. I think it was the right decision. And I think he was decent. I think he, he gave us more in an at least in an advanced position than Ben Davis was doing. Again, another player who is not very well suited to this system. You know, not very well suited. But I think he has a bit more tenacity, a bit more physicality than Ben Davis. Uh, and, you know, I would say, technically speaking, they're pretty comparable. Their ability on the ball, their passing. Maybe Davis is even a little bit better than Emerson in that respect. But splitting hairs a bit here. Um, I don't. Yeah, neither of them are well suited to system, but I think Emerson's slightly more so, probably because he's just a bit younger as well. Um, so, is what it is. It will be. I mean, I know we've we've said this so many times, but Sessignon, he does feel like an Ange player. It'll be interesting to see if Ange can get a tune out of Sessignon when he's back. We all sort of forget he even exists, right? Um, but maybe maybe Andrew will decide very, very quickly that Sessignon is not right for it as, you know. Well, I mean, actually, no. I mean, Conte nor Mourinho did decide that Sessignon was not right for, for, the, for the system. They actually both played him quite a lot. So there we go. Um, I mean, he binned off Reggion pretty quickly, didn't he? Which was quite telling. Um, Brennan Johnson, obviously, with the... I think he, he was, yeah, he was the assist, wasn't it? Um and that goal was absolutely disgusting. It was beautiful. Um, poetry in motion. Ange had said uh, this week, actually, that a lot of our attacking patterns weren't organic enough. Um, or I think he said they were too organic. I think that was more his complaint, wasn't it? That we weren't managing to really action much of what they were training in the in the attacking sense. And it is funny, again, it's funny, isn't it, to make that point that an Ange Postacoglu team the attack would maybe look the most disjointed part of the team, as it has done so far. Our defence has been brilliant and our attack has been a little disjointed. It has still struggled, even to this point. Top of the league, right? Top of the league, 10 games in, and you would still say there's levels that our attack can go up, which is kind of exciting, right? Kind of exciting, um, especially if we do add a player or two into the mix in January, then who knows, you know? Who knows? Um Good player. I mean, I'm. I'm. He was an expensive player, Brennan Johnson, but it's, it's not my money. You know, I don't care. I'm not bothered. Like we've identified that he's got a lot of the attributes, and just identified that. You know, and that's that's got to be good enough for us, right? Money's gone. It's fine, and he looks good. He looks like a really good player, good strong player. Um, Brian Hill came on, didn't really do much, did he? You know, he didn't have much time at all. Um, barely got any touches of the ball. So nothing grew to really draw an opinion on um, with him. I do want to see him play more in this system, though. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do under Ange Postacoglu. Um, I've I've always liked I've always liked Brian Hill. I've always liked him. I've never really fully understood understood the uh, the pelters that he gets from Spurs fans. So you know, long long may it continue. Um, Rodrigo Bentancur, lovely to have him back in the mix. Absolutely lovely. Give him a few minutes at the end of the game. He looked kind of, you know, happy to be back. He actually, you know, if I'm being harsh, and he's, you know, those in glass houses, I get it. He did look like he's carrying a little bit of timber, but the bloke's coming back from an ACL, right? He's not peak fitness yet. Um, but I tell you one thing I forgot, right? He's a massive fella as well. Like he's a really big guy. And I forgot that. Um, 
But he's still got that lovely habit, the way he picks up the ball, the way he recycles possession, the way he kind of glides around the midfield is nice. It is Musa Dembele-esque. Um, it's good to have him back. It's good to have him back. And I think, I personally believe he should be, if he is going to be taking Saar's place, it should be a gradual thing. Um, I don't think Saar deserves to just be dropped. And I think we probably do need to play it quite carefully with somebody coming back from an ACL, right? Um, get up to speed fully with, with the game, with the pace of the Premier League, with the physicality of the Premier League. Um, it's pretty mad, you know, when you see those... Um, who was it? Was it a Fulham player or a West Ham player? One of them that had the kind of GoPro on um, when it was two Premier League teams playing in the States um, in a pre-season friendly, one of those pre-season tournaments. And it was just mad having a GoPro on a Premier League player playing against other Premier League players and seeing how... I think the thing that really stood out for me and just for everyone, you know, it's, it's not like this isn't uh, an original kind of observation. Everybody was making this point, really. How little time you get on the ball. Um, it's kind of mad. I worked on a video uh, a few years back in, in one of my old jobs when I was working with Mr. Ben Haynes, actually, um, doing an interview with... Um, Antonio and he was just you know one of the points he kept pressing is that you know the thing that's mad is that you realize you know people will say this Premier League player's crap this Premier League player's crap number one no Premier League player's crap he's saying anybody that can be playing at the Premier League even the worst ones even the ones that you think are absolute donkeys they turn up at your Sunday league match they look like peak Ronaldinho any single Premier League player they're unbelievable. The other point he hammered home to us was that every single one of them is so fit. They're all strong. They're all quick. Even the ones that look slow are quick. It, again, if they're playing against normal people, they're quick. Um, everyone's quick. Everyone's strong. You don't get any time on the ball. Um, and I guess just to, to bring this back to Ben Tanker, you've got to be careful. He's had an ACL. He's been out for a long time, right? He's a, you know, he's a, he's a special player. Tom Dance says it was Villa, um, Villaman. It was Tielemans that had the uh, the GoPro on. So that's good to know. Thanks for that. Um, this is handy. Do you know, I'll tell you what, this the YouTube stream element of this is handy because it saves me having to start Googling stuff midway through. And I am rattled by this one comment, but somebody did leave a, rev a rating on, uh, I think it was on iTunes, just being like, this is such a poorly prepared podcast the host was Googling <laughs> halfway through it. There are better prepared podcasts out there. And I just, you know, some, the person that did that, I want to say like, mate, this is off the cuff. This is like off the cuff recorded after the game. I do have a week podcast like where I speak to somebody else. It is more prepared. I've got a running order, right? I do bits of research. This is just kind of, you know, spitting bars, isn't it? You know, that's what it is. That's what I'm doing, right? Um... But yeah, Tottenham Hotspur, we're Tottenham Hotspur, we're top of the league. Five points clear. Come on, you Spurs. Can go and just enjoy our weekends now. Enjoy our weekends. Um, Rand Tony Stark, random Jack thoughts about Aliens are why I listen to this, to be honest. I mean, what, Aliens the movie or Aliens? Um, I do have some thoughts about Aliens, actually. I'm, I'm a... Personally, I'm a believer. I, t I tell you what, here's a random thought about aliens, right? Here's a random thought. Can you imagine? Can you imagine, right? And I don't think this is that hard to imagine, really. That if we're talking about aliens, there's an alien race out there somewhere that is at exactly the same kind of point in their development as we are now as a human race. And one day, we are both going to somehow get some sort of craft and meet in the middle and be like... <gasps> We've met this ultra-sophisticated supreme being. Please, shower us with knowledge and everything. And then we're both going to decide, like, ah, we've all got the same problems. And our technologies at a comparable level will probably be a little few things that we can exchange. Um, but then we'll probably still end up having a big fight anyway, won't we? So, you know, but there you go. Maybe aliens are like that. Or maybe aliens, maybe there's like a planet with dinosaurs on it somewhere. Maybe that's what the aliens are like, you know? Who knows? Um, but if you have enjoyed this, if you have enjoyed the podcast, please do subscribe. Please do leave ratings, leave reviews, be that on YouTube 
or be that on your chosen podcast platform. Um, do have a Patreon now, as I said at the top, patreon.com slash rtrpod. On there, I do have like um, pre-match previews. I've got the Thursday Bulletin Pod that I record with Phil. 20 minutes where we're going through the week's news. Nice quick fire one. Got the monthly pod with Jack Gallagher, the Robbie Keane Ultras. Jack Gallagher, who is, he's he's a Juve fan. He's a Derry City fan. He's a football writer, professional football writer. Um, and so he's kind of the the barometer. He, he he's, he's not a Spurs fan. So it's nice to talk to him when I'm like, look, we're going to do it, Jack. We're going to win the league. He's like, you're not going to win the league, mate. You're not going to win the league. Stop dreaming. Manchester City exists. Or when I'm like, nah, we're shit. We're not good enough. We lost that game to Chelsea. The wheels have come off. We're useless now. He's going to say, nah, mate. You're still a really good team. Don't worry about it so much. So that's that's kind of what he's good for. But yeah, you can listen to that on the Patreon. rtrpod.com slash rtrpod.com patreon.com slash rtrpod like i say please do if you don't if you, if you can't subscribe to the patreon that's fine i understand but please do you, you can do me a massive solid by sharing the podcast on you know wherever reddit on x or twitter as normal people call it um wherever you know wherever um so do that ratings reviews much love Come on, you Spurs. We're top of the league. Oh, and also, just for the rest of this month, for Sober October, the pod is sponsored by Infinite Session, which is an alcohol-free beer, low sugar, gluten-free. Um, Chris, who is you know one of the you know the, the creators of the brand, he's a Spurs fan. Um, and so for this month, we have partnered up. And if you do shop on infinitesession.com, you get 20% off with the code RTR20, which you apply at the checkout. Alcohol free, completely alcohol free. So if you want a tin during the week and you don't want to feel groggy the next day for work, for school, for whatever, well, maybe not for school, not if you're under 18. Still think you have to be over 18 to uh, to drink alcohol free beer. So I'm not promoting alcohol drinking to the youth. I'm just going to stop recording now. Thank you very much. Come on, you Spurs. Up the Spurs. Woo, woo, woo. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.